This is First Class Counselors, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. First Class Counselors is dedicated to young and up-and-coming camp mavericks. By equipping and empowering our on-the-ground staff, camp directors can rest easy knowing that our campers are having the true life-changing experience that parents expect. Find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and professionals at camphacker.tv. Welcome to First Class Counselors, where we give camp counselors insider tips and advice on how to make a camper summer the best it can be. Because in the summertime, you only get a few days of staff training. So this is your head start. In the race that is the big marathon of summer, this is the head start that you get. You get a little bit ahead of everyone else by listening to this podcast because you are a first class counselor. Yeah. So my name is Oliver Gregan. I'm the executive director of YMCA Camp Winona, and my pronouns are he and him. And my name is Matt Wilford. I'm the director of overnight programs for Campfire Circle, the executive director of podcasting at Go Camp Pro, and my pronouns are also he, him. And I am thrilled that you are here to listen to this episode on Oliver. Well, I mean, we thought about it, but how, <laughs> how do you know you're doing a good job, right? Like sometimes you're just sitting there questioning yourself and how well you're doing as a counselor. And sometimes people will come up and tell you, like, you might do a midsummer evaluation or an end of summer evaluation that gives you a good an idea. But other times, it's really up to you to look at what you're doing, how you're doing it, and evaluate yourself so you know how you can improve every single day. So in this episode, we're talking about self-evaluations and not just a formal process that some camps have built into their evaluation system. You know, some camps will say, okay, I want you to fill out this self-evaluation before your formal evaluation. And that's kind of part of, of the process. Well, it, it's a good practice and I hope a lot of camps are doing it. It's not what we're talking about today or not just what we're talking about today because being really great at assessing yourself and evaluating yourself, it's a practice that has nothing to do with the formal evaluation because it's because first class counselors, true first class counts first class counselors believe that self-analysis and self-improvement is important both for your growth and for the betterment of the camp experience for the campers. Right? If your supervisor notices all the great things that you're doing, I mean super, that's great. And if they don't notice just how bright you're shining, we hope that you and your campers will through some of the practices we're going to give you on this episode today. Yeah. The only person who truly knows what you're doing 24-7 for your campers is you. So the best person to give you an evaluation sometimes is yourself. But let's talk about the mindset about self-evaluation. Sometimes this idea of looking into yourself is difficult. You might look at some aspects, not notice some other aspects, or finally think about things way more than you need to think about, right? Mm. It's complicated looking within oneself, especially when you are comparing yourself to all the other staff. What is somebody else doing that might be better than me? Do I need to be like that? Or um, do I need to fill this gap? So let's talk about the mindsets, the questions, the things that staff wonder about when it comes to evaluating oneself. Matt, kick us off. Yeah, I I think that 
this whole process is really important that we can do this for ourselves. Um, I don't know about you, Oliver, but when I was a young camp staff, I, I always felt like I was, wasn't getting as much feedback as I wanted. Right. And I, I didn't really understand why as a counselor. So I wanted to kind of unpack this first as we kind of set ourselves up for this whole episode. And, and I want to front load by saying like Oliver and I were both supervisors. So when I sound like if I'm crapping on supervisors a little bit, I'm, I'm not crapping on myself here, but the nature of camp sometimes is that camp is a busy place, right? And and we have many staff that either we're supervising or things that we're dealing with, especially with COVID. Um, and the ability to watch how a staff is developing consistently, like 24-7 or, or as much as maybe you would think that you would want as a counselor, just isn't possible. And it also isn't great because you don't, we don't want to go onto the other end and start micromanaging people or people feeling nervous that why, why is the boss, why is my supervisor watching me all the time? So we kind of intentionally don't spend every moment with you because we are also dealing with the things that makes camp run on a daily basis. So I, I think that a it's important and it's not because we don't want to look out for your development, but a good supervisor's job isn't actually to know the day to day of every single thing you're doing. We want you to tell us those stories when it comes time for feedback or, or a check-in or something like that. But our job is to look for trends, to gather feedback from different sources about you and to clarify those for yourself and bring out the, the stories and the trends that really bring out your true nature. We're not going to see every single moment. And that's why it's important that you do some of these things. And not only that, a lot of feedback, if you listen to any, you know, any like big person in, in the business world talk about feedback, a lot of it is subjective, right? It's really hard to nail down your intentions in a situation. It's really hard to nail down, um, what you were trying to do. Uh, it's really hard to nail down what effectiveness looks like, especially in a business where you're dealing, you're working with kids and you know, the, the outcomes that you're trying to achieve are like, did you make someone happy or did you make someone feel included? You can't like that. You can't check a box for those kinds of things. So um, when you're doing these practices on your own, it, it matters to you because then you know exactly how you can improve based on what you saw in that moment and what you observed and how how your observation matches with your intention and all of those things that take the subjectivity and make it personal. So if if you are great at giving yourself a self-evaluation or just knowing yourself, you are going to have a lot easier of a time improving than if you just wait for someone else to give you feedback. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is if you talk about getting feedback from somebody else, right, they are going to tell you the things that you need to improve on. They're going to tell you where your weaknesses are and they will complement your strengths, but it's hard to pay attention to those when you're starting to, you know, hear, Hey, maybe you're not the best at talking to kids. And you're like, wait, I have to talk to kids all day long. Why are you telling me that's the thing I suck at? Right. Uh, and it hurts. But if you are evaluating yourself, you're, if you're giving the, yourself those feedback, you're thinking about the things you need to improve on constantly, then you can start to take action and improve those things. Um, I think the one thing that I don't want us to chorus too much here, but we are always talking about improvement. And a lot of people think that a lot of the time that is on the side of you know weaknesses and making sure that 
those are stronger. But even last episode, uh, you would have heard, heard Matt talking about strength finders, right? This idea of improving upon your strengths and noticing what you're strong at is also a huge part of self-evaluation. So don't leave mm-hmm. that out because that's going to give you the confidence boost and the knowledge of to know, hey, look, I'm great at singing on stage. So when there's that dead time, like during a campfire or you know just chilling around camp, I can hop up there and sing a song or I can lead a game. That's a strength of mine. And I need to know that when that time comes, I need to use that strength. And self-evaluation is going to help you find that. Mm-hmm. Where at the same point of time, right? Maybe your self-evaluation will tell you like, hey, if I am good at that and I'm not great at talking to campers one-on-one, what are my options? Because then I might lean on my strength of saying, hey, look, I'm recognizing what I'm good and bad at. I'm going to go find someone who's better at talking to these campers right now um, because my language with campers is not so great when I'm in a one-on-one conversation. Hmm. Not that I'm saying like horrible things, but Maybe I'm not as empathetic as maybe another counselor that I know. And yeah. your self-evaluation will help you with that. And now your confidence is not going to be deprived because you can't improve your ability to talk to campers, but your confidence can build on the fact that you know who to go to right. or who you have recognized is good in those situations, right? So you're working with all of those different strengths. And then the next thing I say is you're evaluating yourself, but when you're evaluated by others, Walk away with measurable goals. That's going to help you with your self-evaluation, right? You're going to say, this is how other people are seeing. This is what other people are seeing. Let's put that into my self-evaluation. Let me see if that is something that I truly think I need to improve on. But take it away from them. Like take a few things, like three things that they might say and say, all right, what are some measurable things we can walk away with? And then you can evaluate yourself using those three goals and saying, all right, cool. They said, I need to work on this, that, or this. Um, and these are ways to accomplish that, I can now evaluate myself along this process with the guiding that I got from that feedback. Mm. And that way you can continue to improve based off of what others say they may need from you, um, which is a great way to go about doing it. It, Don't discount others' opinions when making your self-evaluation because what other people think um, may be a way to help you improve. Let's move into kind of the way summer camp works. Really, we have pre-summer where we're preparing for camp. Then we have our mid-summer and then finally our end of summer. And that's normally when evals are happening. So we can use those time periods as as we go about evaluating ourselves, right? Think chronologically. So let's start pre-summer. What are some ways that you can set yourself up to measure success? Mm -hmm. And Matt, do you want to take this away? Yeah, I really like what you said, Oliver, about using like past feedback that you've gotten as like what you're talking about is getting data, you know, take away the fact that whether you call it positive or negative or constructive or whatever you want to call it, it's data. It's what someone has thought about your performance in the past. And that's a great way to start thinking about going into this summer what are the goals I want to set for myself? There's a reason why why a lot of camp will a lot of camps will ask their staff to set goals. And whether or not your camp asks you to do it, I really think that you should be. We have a whole episode, I think, on goal setting that that you should you should definitely check out. Um, because again, when you set a goal, you're setting up a criteria for you to achieve. The other way that you can do this is ask your camp if they don't do this already to send you the final evaluation now. 
I would be I would be thrilled if a staff member emailed me. I I don't know if my <laughs> if my team is going to listen to this episode, so I hope they do. And I hope you email me and ask for the, what the final evaluation looks like, because that is a great way for you to start looking at. Okay, this is how I'm going to be measured by by the end of the summer. And it's not just about being successful for the sake of the evaluation. I want you to think of it from the just again of a way to gather what kind of data do I need to be successful. So what you should do is take a look at the evaluation and usually it's broken into criteria like it it, it might say like initiative or creativity or camper care. There's going to be subjects and there's going to maybe there'll be a rating scale 4321. There's a bunch of different ways that can't make their evalu- camps make their evaluations, but um look at the criteria and think about it in your specific role and responsibilities. Look at the job description that you've been sent if you don't know exactly what your job looks like and think about how you can take each point and say, okay, what does success look like in my role in this area? What does taking initiative look like as a camp counselor? Because as a counselor, like a, a frontline staff, you know, initiative isn't going to be, oh yeah, I cleaned up all the sailboats at the end of every session because that's not the initiative you should be taking as a counselor. Taking initiative with your campers, doing cool things, doing things without being asked with your campers. That that kind of initiative taking is what you want to do. And then break it down even more specific into how can I succeed in this area on a daily basis. And then Oliver has some advice coming up here that is going to help you with this, but make yourself a little rubric or a rating system. You've all seen rubrics at school and you know what it looks like. So put yourself on a scale of one to like underperforming or really underperforming two to like just slightly under three is average and four, let's call it first class just for the sake of this podcast and think about on a daily basis, what can I do that is first class? What does first class initiative looks like? And by the way, there's an episode about initiative taking, uh, by the way, there's, there's so many episodes that can set you up for success in, in, in your rubric making, but, um, it's important that you get some data designed in this area before the summer because once you're in the summer what we talk about next topic you are not going to do this i promise you that you will not set your rubric up when the summer has started i promise you you won't so it's important that you do this now and i'm going to pass it to oliver who's going to tell you the things you can fill that rubric with and some tips around how to design that how's that for a setup oliver not bad, not bad. I want to <laughs> steal some of your points from earlier too. So um, Matt was talking about um, getting that eval from your camp at the end of the summer. Uh, that is so, so good advice. Such good advice. That's definitely <laughs> say it. Such good advice Matt's giving because it, it's what your camp is looking for. Uh, so go get that eval and, and get an understanding of how you're going to be evaluating yourself. But don't stop at just that. Like it's one example of the very large priority that your camp director is giving you. But go out and look at like what maybe other camps are, are looking for. Or one that one that I like is I ask my kids to make an evaluation of their counselor, right? Like, hey, um, <laughs> campers, can you tell me like what makes a great counselor? They're not gonna give you like the best rubric in the world. They're gonna like the eventually they're gonna realize like, oh. Uh, the best counselor lets us stay up late to like, <laughs> like past midnight. And like, you should be able to evaluate that that's not the best counselor, but it's a good way to find out what your kids are looking for. Cause they will give you some better criteria to work with too. 
And that's, that's just the thing. Kids change. And I will tell you as a leadership staff member, <laughs> like rubrics sometimes don't. Sometimes that self-evaluation has been the same one for like six to 10 years. Totally. Um, it's just... It's just what has been accepted and what kids need, what parents are looking for, what staff can provide. Those things are changing over time. So mm-hmm. you can kind of do a little bit of good soldier work and take some initiative uh, mm-hmm. and go and take go and take a look uh, and be a first-class counselor, uh, do your own little survey. Mm-hmm. So look for those other resources because they're going to help you evaluate yourself better. You're going to get more people, who, like more graders. Think about it like, a panel of judges who are grading you on your counseling rather than just one. And mm-hmm. that's a really great way to kind of go about looking at it because you're getting a lot of different opinions in that evaluation yeah. process. But then how do you measure, right? Like, oh, well, you're talking to a guy who loves science. Not like so much that he like went to school for it, but like so much <laughs> that when Mark Roberg videos or Bill Nye or whatever comes on, it's first thing he watches um, when he can. But um, you would have probably learned something about uh, qualitative and quantitative measurements. So um, for those of you who might have skipped out on third or fourth grade science or just can't remember it, um, qualitative with just two T's in it is how I remember, is descriptions. It's um, feelings. It's seeing something and getting an understanding of it, but there's not a specific measurement in it, which is the next one quantitative with three T's in it. And that's how I remember it. Two T's versus three T's. Uh, And quantitative measurements are measurements that are specifically measurable. So it is the amount of water in a glass. It is the speed at which you are traveling. These are things that you can check boxes for, tally, measure with a specific form of measurement. These are all, that is how you do it. And a lot of the times we get caught up in quantitative measurements um, and we kind of knock qualitative measurements in scientific studies, but at camp, they're both necessary. And I'm going to kind of show you how right here. So here are some questions that you can ask yourself and you can add to this list now that you're getting an example of ways that you can measure measure your measure yourself and self evaluate. So the first is qualitative, two T's. Right? You can ask yourself questions like, "Do my kids feel happy? Is my co happy? Am I happy?" Right? If I'm looking around the cabin, is there's this general feeling of happiness? If I ask my kids, like, "Hey, did you have a good day today?" and their answer is yes, like, um, is the general feeling in the cabin a positive one? Right? There are a lot of quantitative ways you could go about measuring it. But this general feeling in the cabin is really important because here's the deal, right? And this is an important way to think about it is, hey, look, we had five hours today of awesome play time, but then we had one minute of two kids bullying each other, right? Quantitatively, I measure five hours of amazing stuff. And I go, we had a happy day, but that one minute of bullying could have affected your camper so much that it was a bad day Yes, and their happiness got hurt from it. So that qualitative measurement of going and seeing, oh man, like we had a great day, but that one moment kind of ruined it from this one camper. You can take that measurement and then go and do something about it. And if you're self-evaluating, 
that is a, a really good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one I like to say is, were we safe today? Right. You can have an entire list of SOPs, you know, standard operating procedures for like how you canoe and kayak and how you go on high ropes and the different ways you have to um, make sure that somebody is safe before you send them up a tree. Right. These are measurables. You can check boxes. Great. Quantitative. But when we were walking around camp, um, did we make sure that everybody was within the group the entire time? Like there wasn't somebody who went missing. Um, you know, when we were dismissing to go to the bathroom, were we making sure that we were like giving them a time period to come back? Now, this can feel measurable, but because it's happening in so many incidents in the day, because a lot of the times you have to make decisions that are outside of the SOPs you learn during staff training, and you have to make good conscious decisions about, oh, right now is not a good time to go to the bathroom or mm-hmm. sorry. Another way to think about it is, Hey, in 20 minutes, when we arrive at the activity, not a great time to go to the bathroom. Let's go to the bathroom now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That going to the bathroom beforehand is not a box that you check, but you've eliminated a safety situation where you're going to be splitting your group in half while half is doing archery with one counselor and half are trying to go to the bathroom at the same time. And now when you could have had two counselors helping run archery, you have one who's doing it all on their own. So you only have one set of eyes. So your qualitative measurement of safety was, am I being predictive and making sure that we're safe? Um, and nice. that's, that's a great way to do it as well. All right, I'm going to try and rush through these. Um, <laughs> what were what would make my campers excited for tomorrow? Did I realize what was making them happy? Can I continue that in tomorrow? What is something mm-hmm. that they were excited about that I can push into the next day? Mm-hmm. So that's qualitative. The next one is quantitative. Remember, three Ts. Um, this is our, our specific measurables. So were we on time today? I can look at the schedule. No, we weren't on time and say, okay, we need to be on time tomorrow. It's a really easy quantitative measurement for making sure that you're doing those things. Did everyone have what they needed? Was there any point in time where we were sending people back? You know, a good day, no one goes back to the cabin for anything that they need. Bad day, hey, we had three separate trips to go to the cabin today because a kid forgot a towel, closed-toed shoes, a toothbrush. I don't know why you're carrying a toothbrush around camp, but it came to my head. (laughs) But did everyone have what they were needed? And you can measure that quantitatively. Uh, did we leave our areas clean after use? Um, did you clean up? If not, so did someone come and have to talk to you about how it was right. dirty, right? They made a qualitative measurement that it was not clean enough and you were getting checked off for it. And another good one that I like to say is, do we put a value of camp into an activity today? Um, with the YMCA, we have our four core values, but a lot of camps have specific values that are important to them. Did I find a way to incorporate a value into an activity today? And I think Thanks. that's really important and you can self-evaluate yourself in that way. So qualitative and quantitative measurements are two different ways, but both extremely important in the way that you self-evaluate at camp. Hmm. Sweet. Let's move to middle of the summer, Matt. All right. (laughs) We've gotten through, say, the first two to four weeks. We are now in the heart of the sun. Uh, The kids are there. Maybe if we're multi-week camps, this is like the second or third group. Um, How are we evaluating ourselves midsummer? Mm-hmm. I, and it's funny because I think calling it when when we were making these show notes, I think calling it midsummer is a bit of a misnomer because if you wait until midsummer to start self evaluating yourself, you are too late, right? You've missed important data to set yourself up for because we we need in our in gathering data. M- as much as you can is helpful. And also in order to see your progress, you got to start somewhere. Um, and maybe because you need to know that at the first week of camp, like Oliver was saying, 
the first week of camp, I looked at my little score sheet that I had, and I noticed that kids went back to the cabin, um, you know, five times this day, four times this day, five times this day. And so at the end of the week, I had a cumulative like 16 go back to the cabins. Dang, that sucks. That's not where I wanted to be. And then week two, oh, I got a little bit better. But if you start in midsummer, then you've lost half of the summer. So it's important. We, we want to give you some tips here, that, and we both have them, that will help you actually do this. Because like I said earlier, the summer's going to start and thinking about your development is not going to be as front of mind as it is right now when you're listening to this episode. So um, it's really important that this is data gathering and data analysis, and you got to do kind of both. you got to commit to this in a way that's going to work. So the first thing that I'll get piece of advice I'll give you is thinking about the feedback that you're getting both verbally and non-verbally. So from your campers and your coworkers, and you could, you could ask yourself questions like how many times a day did I lose my cool with campers or staff, or did I not react in a way that showed patience? If patience is something that you're working on, right? You've, you've already thought of these ahead of time too, but you know, how often do you go to bed feeling stressed or how often do you go to bed feeling rested? Um, how many times are you making campers smile? Which is an interesting one that I like to think about because you're turning something qualitative, like Oliver said earlier, and are my campers happy? That's a general, like, observable thing that you, that you can see, but you can measure it by saying, how many times did I make my campers smile? I read a really great book that talked about when you measure things like that, it's really interesting. And when you measure the right things, like how many times you make a kid smile, of course that's important. And, and you can like shoot to actively do it more. What a great measurement because you're just like the, the consequence of your scientific study is you're making kids smile more, hopefully. Um, so, so what a great little measurement thing you can do. And then finding a way, to, like whether it's a tick box, it's in, in a journal or something like that where you can write down those things. Um, a couple of tips here. It's really important that you commit to these measurement tools or whatever you are doing on a good day and a bad day. Um, because you need to be equally as hard on yourself as you are proud of yourself for those kinds of things. And, and you can't just measure it only when it's been a good day or else you're losing some of that valuable feedback. And here's the beauty of it. Your supervisor doesn't need to know when you are hard on yourself. When you've had a, a bad moment, if you lost your cool, you can, you can work on that forgiveness yourself. And you can look at your data to say, okay, this is, this is where I can improve because it, it happened. The last thing is just that consistency is key. To get your solid data set for when the summer is over, you have to do it and you have to think about it as you're going to notice trends. Um, because if you don't do the analysis as the summer is going to, then you're just gathering data for the sake of gathering data. You're not doing anything with it. And the point is that you want to use this data in the summer to make the camp experience better for yourself and for the campers. Because if you're just ticking a box and not being aware of how many times you've ticked that box or done that thing, then what's the point of even doing it? Um, it's about self-improvement, not just self-improvement and evaluation with the goal of self-improvement, if that makes sense. I think, I think you hit on those great points and you're getting into that measurables again. And um, something fun that you probably should do if you're self-evaluating is measure the good things and the fun things. Put strange things in those measurables because then they also act as goals, right? Like um, make a measurable, like um, 
was able to get campers to dress up this week, hmm. right? Like it's, it's a strange one, but it, it helps, right? Uh, because, you know, getting the campers to dress up, <laughs> if you're forcing them, not great. But if the campers are excited about dressing up, they're excited about those kind of things, it, it's a cool little goal in a way to say, hey, if we do this, I know we're going to be having fun in the cabin this week. Right, right. right. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a good way to keep track. Uh, the next way is I say, keep a journal, keep a journal, keep a journal, right? It's just a great thing to have even after summer. Um, but in that midsummer, right, you, you you can hopefully find that like five to 10 minutes where you can go back and read some of your journal entries from earlier in the summer. And the thing that will surprise you the most is, and I have found it for myself, is the beginning of the summer, you're asking all of these questions, mm. right? You're asking like, I'm wondering what's going to happen when, or if this was to happen, how am I supposed to handle it? And you'll see yourself question marking, question mark, question marking in your journal. And you'll notice that when you get to midsummer, hopefully it's not question marks anymore, but it's statements. Sometimes not great statements because you do a hundred percent. People use their journals to just let out and vent, but you're going to see you're running statements now because you know the answers to those questions Mm -hmm. uh, and you're writing out, um, you're writing out the answers. So you'll find that as you're writing, you're, you're seeing your learning process, which is truly and actually your self-improvement process. Um, my big goal for you is just to try to make sure that if you are writing that journal, find a way to document it in a, in a positive manner. So you're, the things that you're writing about are the good parts of your day. Because if you are breeding positivity in that realm and you can come back to that positivity it will help you stay at a positive place uh, in your in your mind process um and then another thing i like to do is don't don't think that your self-evaluation is the only one go to your campers ask them like i said before they can give you a good idea of how you're doing as a counselor in that self-evaluation process because mm-hmm. they're gonna they can tell you specifically they usually are pretty honest and don't hold back yeah. um and you're going to get something to work with. And the camp might go, and most camps do, they'll get an evaluation from their campers about how their experience was. But really, if you talk to the campers yourself, you can get a better idea of how the experience was for them directly because of you, not the overall camp experience, right? Mm -hmm. And you can take that evaluation they give you, like I said, getting those data, or like Matt said, getting those data points, and then you can have another data point of somebody else's evaluation to help you with your evaluation of yourself at the end of the summer. I love um, that. And then <laughs> this is what I love to do. Just call a friend who is doing a different job than summer camp, right? <laughs> you probably have one friend who is like working at an office or an ice cream shop or a restaurant or whatever it might be and just listen to them talk. And I think I've given this advice on the show before, but they're going to talk about their job and it's going to be like, oh, it's kind of fun. You know, we, can, you know, um, we go out sometimes afterwards or, you know, uh, but it, they're long days and I'm on my feet and it's, it's weird. It, you, to explain it here is such a weird I think to have to do because mm-hmm. when you're listening to on the phone, you realize that something is missing from their life this summer that you are getting. And it's this demand from you to give yourself in a way that they just can't do in, in whatever job they choose different than camp. 
Because at the end of the day, you were doing something that is so altruistic. You were, you were giving your time, your effort, sometimes a little bit of blood when you cut yourself, right? <laughs> um, in order to make sure that these kids are going to have a phenomenal experience and they get something that's different. And that fulfillment, right, can really help somebody when they're doing that self-evaluation because it can remind you to be confident and competent or that you are confident and competent and you have chosen to do something that most other people wouldn't even contemplate. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's really important in that midsummer evaluation, um, right before you're hitting that, um, that burnout time, maybe in summer camp to get that reminder of like, oh man, like I am doing something incredible. It is incredibly difficult. And you know what? As much as I might judge myself, I am doing an amazing job. Um, <clears throat> and it's something that others like couldn't handle. And that's not anything offensive to your friend. I'm sure that they would have a great time if they came to summer camp. Um, but at the end of the day, they made a conscious decision not to choose that. It doesn't make you better than them. Don't think that. But it, it does make you a little bit different. And that different is something special when it comes to camp. Yeah. You made a better choice. How about that? You're not better than them. You just made a better choice than them. I can say that pretty comfortably, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> let's, let's end the summer now. Uh, and let's talk about evaluating the entirety of camp, like the entirety of your experience and your efforts and everything. Um, this can be daunting. There's, I think that last week at camp, a lot of people take that huge breath of like, wow, it's almost over. And there's this mm-hmm. reflection period you go through of all these fond memories. Um, and even like the difficult times in summer become these fond memories. We're like, oh man, I remember this, and that kid puked everywhere and we had to clean it up. And I can't believe summer's ending in a few days. And um, that evaluation process you can do for yourself uh, has an emotional tie to it. Um, so Matt, tell me about how you go about evaluating yourself or self-evaluating or your advice to others to self-evaluate at the end of summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And, and the, the tendency that some people have is to like either put on, put their foot on the gas and push themselves really hard at the end of the summer or to take their foot off the gas and to stop pushing hard. And I, and I think that a steady foot on the gas is what you need all summer. I think definitely this is your week to like look at your goals and say, did I accomplish this? Are, are there any big hairy goals that, you know, I really want to try and finish with like, did I learn to drive the the boat at camp and that's something that the director said I could do at the start of the summer when I told them about my goals but I just haven't made time for it yet so maybe maybe it's time to put your foot on the gas a little bit for your goals um but remember this is when like analysis is really important um that you're looking at your goals and looking at the rubrics that you made and all those things and 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 evaluating yourself and being honest with yourself at the end of the summer and this is what's going to set your self-evaluation up for the future so making sure that you've looked and giving yourself you know kind of an honest ranking when you i'm also going to give you some tips here about what happens when you take your the mindset of your self-evaluation into your final evaluation? Because I don't want... Um, one of the worst things that you can do, and Oliver's kind of alluded to this earlier, is to go into your final evaluation thinking that you're more right than your camp director or the person, your supervisor, who's giving you the feedback. And so you're not setting yourself up for success in any way. I, I think it's important to understand that, that you're going to have feedback that is similar you're going to have feedback is, that is similar and worded differently because a supervisor is going to word it differently based on their experience of you. And you're going to have feedback that you don't agree on. 
That's just going to happen, especially for someone who's been looking at themselves underneath a microscope. So maybe I'll back up a step and say that hopefully you've had a chance to share some of your self-evaluation data with your um, supervisor mid-summer-ish. I think that's a really good time to do a bit of a check-in to see like, is my is my data gathering the same as your data gathering? Or like, I really thought I was on this page and you thought I was on this page. So hopefully you've had that conversation already. Whether or not you have, you are going to get different feedback. And in both senses, you know, like I, I'm incredibly hard on myself in a lot of ways um, that my supervisors are like, Matt, you're fine. And and I also have had times where I've had blind spots when I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine at this. Don't have any like stories to back it up, but I think that I'm fine with this. And really when I don't have like the stories to back up the time that I've done it or I can't point to examples, it means that I probably haven't been doing the best job. And it, that's why a supervisor is there to help help you be the best version of yourself at camp. And sometimes that means telling you where you've fallen short of the expectations. So here's a couple of tips, um, specifically when that data does not align. It's new data, first of all. It's a new perspective that's been shared with you. Um, and and I like to follow Ted Lasso's example. If you haven't seen Ted Lasso yet, it's worth the like, I think you can still get like a free subscription to Apple TV to watch it. You'll get it, you'll binge it, and then you can cancel your Apple TV subscription. Um, but Ted Lasso says, be curious, not judgmental, right? So be curious about where that feedback comes from. Could it could it be that you were being a little bit hard on yourself or maybe too generous with yourself? Um, do can, can you think of any specific instances? Um, Oliver made a really good point of like, I had a great day at camp, and the five hours were great, but my kids were really struggling for that one that one hour, and it wrecked their camp experience. So do specific instances of you both excelling or falling short bear more weight in the context of an evaluation, right? Because different things matter different amounts. It's not just the time that matters. Um, and if you feel that it's worth it, at the end of like being curious... If you feel like it's worth it to have your pers- to share your perspective, you are totally allowed to ask your evaluator to sit down with you so that you can share your perspective. But you are not going to do that in the evaluation. It is it, the an evaluation isn't necessarily a back and forth time. It's just a time for them to give you the feedback. And most camps have to do it by procedure, and it's not the best time to share your perspective back because you, you're not in a lot of cases, you're not going to be challenging the evaluation. If you really think that they were way offside, there are procedures for that. You can take it to your supervisor's supervisor if you really think they're way off after you've given, you know, you can say like, before I sign this, can we go through it another time? Or I have some some feedback that I want to share and you can go back to it. That's totally fine. You're allowed to do that. I, In all the years I've been getting and giving evaluations, I've never had to like no one's ever challenged me or I've never had to challenge an evaluation, but it could happen. Just be respectful about that process because it's, you know, that, that's a, that's a big ask of, of a leadership staff member to have their like evaluation challenge. So it's fine, but just recognize that it might not be the best time in that moment to do it. But if you go in with curiosity, ask questions before you're judgmental, you'll be much better off in the entire process. And I guarantee you that oftentimes your evaluation is going to be much better than you uh, than you thought it was going to be. You, we're much harder on ourselves than we are in, on our evaluation. But if it's not, 
be curious. I think something too, like as a supervisor, right? Like sometimes, uh, and my advice is fill out your end of summer evaluation yourself and then compare it to your uh, director or your supervisors, right? Like sure. uh, take the two of them and, and, and cross them over and myself privately, as a, privately. cross it over evaluator. privately. Right. Oh, uh, I know. I've, I've done it before where you do it together with your supervisor before. Yeah. You can. And, and that's part of it is you're opening up the conversation between mm. the two of you that you are working together on this person's improvement. Um, and um, that is something that they can help that can help move them forward. Um, and I think it's important as a supervisor too, to maybe listen to what someone else is evaluating themselves. Because to my point right now is as a supervisor, sometimes I've had someone come to me with their self-evaluation that they share with me and they say, Hey, this is what I think I'm good at. This is what I think I'm bad at. A, as a supervisor, sometimes they show me things that I didn't recognize before. Yeah. They bring mm-hmm. something up and I go, you know what? I didn't think about that when I thought about you, but now that you say it, I recognize that. And that's a great point. Um, the other thing is sometimes I'll see something very clearly um, and they either A, um, don't have the same feeling as I do as the evaluator or B, completely leave it off the table. Hmm. And that means it's like, oh, we're missing something. You're missing something here in this evaluation. Sometimes it's a strength and sometimes it's a weakness. It can be both, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I'll have somebody come in and they don't recognize the fact that they are amazing like with group leading games, like they just understand in the moment, like, Oh, let's play a game right now. Let's keep this time occupied. Right. right. And then they come into their, their evaluation and they they've written their self evaluation and they've left that out. Right. And it's because one of the it's, big because points it's intuitive. It's intuitive to exactly. that, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that's really important with those self evaluations is if you go and share that with somebody else, a coworker, your supervisor, and there's somebody who can sit down with you and go, oh yeah, let's really look at how you evaluate yourself. It can mm-hmm. help you improve your self-evaluation as well. Um, I, th- I think, I think, I, I think I found the alignment in our ideas. I think, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it's about, it's a following the procedure. Like we say in this, this, the show all the time do what your your camp does i i personally wouldn't recommend going in to like the first thing in your self-evaluation if it's not part of your procedure be like here's my self-evaluation or here's how i rated myself before you get that feedback because that because the, the interaction i think is is like intentionally important in that way if if it's not part of the procedure to hand in a self-evaluation first i think every camp should be doing that but if your camp doesn't do that, it's not the time to, to, to start that um, in this evaluation process. Would you agree with that? Yes. If your camp does not do this, <laughs> do not walk into your evaluation and then slide an evaluation across the table and go, this is my evaluation. Like, don't have that audacity. Okay, great. Um, but if you, are a camp, if you are a camp listening, from my personal experience, my advice is have your staff fill out a self-evaluation totally. um, that you two get to look at. And it, and it is important because something Matt actually talked about earlier in this is uh, advisors aren't going to see everything. Like we're not going to see everything going on in camp. You are going to be um, taking yourself. And I have one supervisor very clearly said it to all staff at the beginning of the summer. um, Hey, look, the leadership staff, this core group of people, these full-time people who are here year round, they work really, really hard to get summer camp ready. But there are, you know, at the camp that I was working, there's 10 of them. Right, and there are going to be 350 kids coming to camp in a little bit. They're not running camp. You're running camp. 
you as a counselor are running camp, the experience mm-hmm. the kids are getting is directly related to how you operate. Yeah. Um, they, they have supported you. They will support you. They will be there when you need them. But like your day to day, it is you who are, who are giving the kids this experience. And I, I always thought of it and was like, man, that's such a big impact he's, he's putting on their shoulders. And, and yeah, it's true. And I recognize it more as a supervisor, but when it comes to evaluations in this, right, to have a staff who can recognize their strengths, their weaknesses, yeah. what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, what they need to do next, uh, what they did before um, that they can then use again or not repeat. Having staff who have that intuition is so important. And self-evaluation is the way is a way to train them on how to have that ability to think. So if you are a camp that is not doing self-evaluation, you're the director listening to this, A, you're going to hand this off to your counselors like the show's purpose is, but I mean, you know <laughs> camp directors listen to. Um, take the time to say, hey, how can we make sure our staff are self-evaluating themselves? Because it's going to help them improve so much. Yeah. Um, and if I'm telling the camp to do that, you are a counselor listening. No, you can do this on your own. And how important self-evaluation is as part of this process. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let me see. And I think the last thing that I'll say about self-evaluation at the end of the summer, at the end of everything, don't lie to yourself when you're evaluating yourself. Don't. The mm-hmm. only person it hurts is you, right? Um, and yes, eventually you will start to impact other people if you are coaching and um, teaching yourself the wrong things. But if you say, well, no, I didn't really cut corners or, you know, other people did. So I wasn't that bad or I didn't procrastinate. Right. If you are setting that bar, then you are a not going to continue to improve and B you are giving others permission to see that you find it acceptable to not, not hit the mark. And that. That is so important. Don't lie to yourself. Be truthful on your self-evaluation. Don't allow yourself to cut corners um, and hold yourself to a standard that you know is really, really, truly important. So um, Matt, how would you like to end our conversation today? I think it's just, it's one final reminder. I, I, I really, really love this episode, Oliver. I, I, hope, I hope that it, it really helps people out there be intentional with their summer. Um, and you said this, I think, right off the top of the episode, and, and what you just said about not lying to yourself um, and being honest with yourself, um, you kind of brought it up in my head again, was was for the love of all things that is great, please don't compare yourself to other staff members. That is one of the worst ways um, for you to gather data on yourself, especially when you're thinking about your like, it's great to to take best practices and not make the mistakes of other staff members. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about from an evaluation standpoint is not the the goal at the end of this isn't to be like overall I'm a better staff member than Oliver because that doesn't mean anything. This, this is not a competition. Um, you know, like. If, if, if you are so concerned about you and another counselor like applying for a leadership position next year, you need to get that out of your head because A, it doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter because maybe you could get a leadership position at another camp if you don't get that one. And at the end of the day, it's the impact uh, that you have on the camper's experience that matters the most. So do not compare yourself to others. Learn from other people, collaborate with other people, 
but it doesn't matter how you rank with other staff members. That's not what the point of any evaluation is, period, full stop. Evaluating yourself with the intention of getting the award of the best counselor of the summer, you are evaluating yourself for the wrong reason. Certainly. And and to be honest, from a perspective of a supervisor, that is almost a reason to make sure you do not get that award. Right. Like it, <laughs> yeah. Because the the hum the humbleness that needs to come with being the best counsel of the summer does not have is does not happen to the person who is working countless hours to try and be the best of the best. And typically you find with those people they will hurt the experience of other people because they're putting themselves and their experience and what they can do in front of others. Yep. And they will they just it just becomes a struggle. But that is a great point, Matt. Thank you. Um, all right. Well, that is what we can talk about with self-evaluation that we give ourselves. But if you want to learn more, you can talk. You can check out our show notes. We'll talk about that in a second because we do end our show with something truly important, and that is our Eggle time. This is our ever-growing, ever-learning. It's a trick, a tip, a game, or a song for counselors to be better every day. So, Matt, what's your Eggle? I, I think that I've done this one before. I've gotten past the point where I'm looking back in the show notes now. We're 50, like six, 55 episodes in right now, so deal with it if it's another one. Um, but get yourself some good summer footwear. Footwear is so important. I've, I've definitely mentioned like sandals and shoes and stuff like that. But one of the things that you are not thinking about likely is if you're going back to camp for the first time after the pandemic, especially... I bet you that you're not used to being on your feet as much as you will be at camp. So getting yourself a good pair of sandals, if you're allowed to have sandals at your camp, some camps require you to be closed-toed shoes the whole time, um, and get yourself a good pair of shoes. For sandals, I rec- I personally wear my Chacos almost every day of the summer. Um, I'll put links in the show notes to, to Chacos, but like Tevas or Keens, like th- they make Keens that kind of have a closed toe, and some camps will accept that if they make you wear closed toes. But the benefits of those is that they're like your shoes for being in and around the water, and they're going to serve you well whether they're wet or dry. And then a good pair of shoes or boots, depending on what you're doing in the summer, if you're just staying at camp and you're like a land staff a non-tripping staff a good pair of running shoes um, if it's waterproof that's an extra pro tip if especially if you're at a place with lots of grass because dewy mornings you'll go from like your cabin to the dining hall and your feet will be soaked just because of the dew on the grass so um i don't know if that happens in florida oliver do you get dew on the grass in in florida right so water so waterproof footwear is 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 helpful right so so, so get that. And if you're going tripping, you know, a, a really good pair of boots. And, and what I would also say is that if you have some like health benefits or the people that you live with have health benefits um, and you can get in on going to see a podiatrist, it would be a really wise decision to do so to see if you can get any inserts or if they would recommend like, um, like, Dr. Scholl's, I think those are in America too, right? Like any kind of like padded insole or or maybe orthotics. Maybe you have a, a like a, a strange arch on your foot and orthotics will help. And now is the time, we're recording this like in mid-April, now is the time to break in those orthotics uh, because you don't want to be wearing those for the first time at camp. Uh, so good shoes, good footwear will make you a happy and first-class counselor this summer. And Matt, I'm going to add to your point. And for anybody watching YouTube, I'm going to I'm going to look into the camera so you can see my eyes right now. <laughs> if you're if you're listening on a podcast, 
captivating. I'm get the mic real close. I'm gonna get your attention real well here. You can bring you can bring Crocs to camp. It's okay. Bring those those ugly <laughs> ugly shoes to camp. You do you put your little your little gibbets on them. You you make them look good. Whatever you want to do, you do it. You do it right. I'm not against Crocs. All right, but they are not an all day every day kind of shoe at camp. You can't <laughs> do it. Don't do it. Do not think that sport mode is going to save you. It's not. Get a good pair of shoes and wear them. Don't. This is this is just an insurance claim waiting to happen. Don't kick a flaming log in the fire while wearing Crocs. Oh yeah. Just dark. I've, see, I've seen yeah, it happen. I've big. seen a I've seen a Croc melt to the side of a fire pit before. Mm. And I laughed. Mm. I la- I'm not even lie. I laughed when it happened. It didn't hurt the person's foot, but their croc got really melty, and I laughed a little bit. I admit it. Mm-hmm. I'll say yeah, it. But you do your gibbets. You do yeah. your gibbets. You wear them. You wear them the right occasions. Crocs are fine. Don't <laughs> don't wear them so you can't be active at camp. And don't give me this. Well, I can play Gaga or Gaga, whatever whatever country you're from. Uh, I I can play Gaga with Crocs on. Yeah, I know you can play Gaga with Crocs on. It doesn't mean you should. That's right. That's my. (laughs) Let's go to my Eggle. Sorry, I'm taking so long on that one. (laughs) Um, But I I had a recent learning experience, um, and it's called Save Your Glass Soda Bottles. Mm. Um, So if you get like, uh, I have a lot of Jones root beer or birch beer um, ones that I had I had kind of held up. Florida is. It is not the greatest state for um, recycling glass. So I, I ended up just kind of keeping a bunch and we just had a big old spring event. And we, it was kind of a carnival theme. And I had all these glass bottles that I had saved up and went on to Amazon, ordered some little red rings that you use. And we had a whole booth that was the little ring toss booth or a little glass bottle ring toss booth. And it was great. Nice. Kids loved it. Um, you get all the clingity clacks. And we had, I had enough bottles saved up. Um, that it was like a pretty good activity. So um, if you're, if you and your counseling friends are drinking uh, Jones soda or other um, non-alcoholic beverages, uh, or even if you are old enough and you're having those alcohol beverages and you peel the label off, um, I'm sure those will be fine at some camps. Um, uh, I put them through the dishwasher, washed them all off. So they were nice and clean, put them in a bin. And now we have ring toss for any time we do carnival games. And it's, it's phenomenal. And I even put the link for the red rings in the thing. So if you're one of those people who's running a carnival booth this summer, you save up all your, your, your glass bottles and bring them to camp. It, it will pay off. Trust me. It was great. Kids loved it. One of the most popular things. And I, there, we had so many games. There's nothing, there's nothing more satisfying than that. Like sound of the, of the ring going on the bottles. That's so like nostalgic for me. Yeah, right. And it was just kind of cool because you like all these games are going on during the day and like you hear that clinkety clink and it like puts you in the puts you in the place, right? It's yeah. like, oh I'm I'm at a carnival. It's like yeah, it's a carnival um, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was just, and it, it it's it's a cool echo today because it was a disadvantage, right? Florida doesn't really like to recycle glass. Um I don't ask me why, I don't know. It's just difficult to do. Um, so I had all these glass bottles, wash them and, and, uh, it happened. So it gave me a little bit of advice for y'all save up your glass bottles, bring them to camp. And then you get a whole game. You just put them inside of a bin and they're ready to go for the next time. It's great. Mm, love it. Yeah. All right. 
Well, um, don't wear Crocs. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> but if you enjoyed today's show, we would be so grateful if you left us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Your ratings and reviews not only help us uh, know what you like about the show or don't like about the show, but it also helps boost our rankings and helps more people discover the show um, and that we, will, we won't sponsor Crocs. No, that's the only sponsorship we won't take. Unless yeah, Crocs came Crocs on with the- want to sponsor us. Yeah, it'll be a discussion. We'll have a live like discussion. Our listeners will get to weigh in whether we should take that sponsorship or not. Maybe if you are interested in sponsoring us, uh, the links to our uh, contacts is, are in the show notes, and you can find the show notes at gocamp.pro/fcc. And uh, speaking of evaluations, this is a great reminder to make sure that you review us, just like Oliver said, uh, because we can evaluate ourselves, but we can't give ourselves enough ratings on iTunes to really make a difference. So we uh, we trust that you will do that as well. So thank you for that. And uh, make sure you check out all the other great uh, things going on at Go Camp Pro. We have seven podcasts, certainly a way to prepare for the summer, and you can find all those at gocamp.pro slash podcast. Yeah, and with that being said, thanks for listening, friends. And remember, camp is camp, and camp's all good. First Class Counselors is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for listening, friends. Hey, camp pros. We love that our industry is built on sharing. In order to foster that spirit, if you've gotten even one good idea from a Go Camp Pro podcast, masterclass, from the Summer Camp Professionals Group, a conference, or wherever else, we ask that you give credit where credit is due. That way, it'll encourage camp pros to keep freely sharing their ideas and make the camp industry as a whole better.